John Tron, say something. Hello? Hello? Oh, that's totally fine. That's totally fine? That's totally fine. Say something really loudly, John. I don't usually speak loudly. Uh, unpacking. That's fine. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a random word to choose. Great yeah. game. Yeah. Okay, there, right. there's a, there's Our a new really game. There's a great indie game called Unpacking, mm -hmm. where you just unpack stuff, and it's very cute. Oh, okay. And it tells a really great story of growing up and losing yourself and the things you own. Yeah. Sounds very nice. So Game Pass. Unpacking. Ah, lots of things are on Game Pass, I'm discovering. Oh, yeah. Over 100 plus games. Not sponsored by Microsoft. Hey, hey, it's the Early Game Podcast. Yeah. This, my friends, is the Early Game Podcast, and joining me today for episode 17. No, episode 18, right? I think it is 17, Evan. I, I think it's 18. I think we're up to episode 18, aren't we? We'll check later. <laughs> is John there? Yeah, I, I just, uh, I th well, I think it's 17, yeah. But I didn't want to, <laughs> you started now, you're in your flow. Well, not, not really anymore, eh? No, we're just looking it up, just... listeners. We're looking it up, and it's uh, very sad. It's episode seventeen of the Early Game Podcast. Yeah, sounds good. Joining me today, we have on the other side of the world. No, actually, just in a different house to us. We have Mr. John Romutz. Good evening. And joining me today in the studio, we have the F Man himself. Ferris. Hello. I'm back. Boy, there was a lot of peeking there. Oh, yeah. That's going to sound like shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's going I was doing kind of like a commentator voice there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just keep it down. Just keep it down. All right, I'll just talk really quietly so that um, you have to, like, edit lots of volume levels when you do the edit for this, Ferris. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. Okay. We have a really exciting episode for you guys today. We're talking about the Game Awards and uh, various things related to that, what we think perhaps might be the game of the year, why we think that they've chosen the games that they've chosen as the runner-ups, and a, a bunch of other um, rewards that are being nominated for at the Game Awards, um, I believe on Friday this week. Am I correct? Thursday, yeah. I Thursday. No, I think it's... I think you're right the first time. It's Friday, isn't it? I, I I thought it was Friday. I thought we were getting in the day before the Game Awards. Um, yeah. When is it? This is really unprofessional. Yeah, yeah it's this. Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> oh, it's Friday for us, yeah. It's fr Friday for us, Thursday for um, Americans. the yank yanks yeah. out there. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, I am Evan. This is Faris, and we've got John with us. We're going to talk about the Game Awards, but first... What have you blokes been playing this week? John, do you want to start? Well, wouldn't it make more sense for you guys to start? Because we're going to be talking for a while about Halo, so, you know. Yeah, he, Go just, on. he just talked for three minutes. Give, we want to give you the stage, and then we'll, we'll hog the mic. <laughs> uh, well, if you listened last week, listeners, if you're listening to this sort of in a uh, progression... Uh, and you've immediately come off the last. You'll remember that me and Faris are talking about older um, RPGs. Well, well, to end of the end of the conversation talking about um, sort of real time tactical games where you get control of you know like commandos. I think we've got five guys isometric, and you move them around the map, and you avoid enemy view cones, and you 
duck and dive and use all your abilities. And I've just dived very deeply back. Well, I'd re-downloaded Fable and started a playthrough of that again. And then, as you said, no one really makes those kind of games that I just described anymore, apart from one company, Mimi, who Faris uh, mentioned last time. And they have two franchises, uh, like a sort of samurai one and a cowboy one. And I almost completed the samurai one. Now it's like the cowboy one. But what luck. I started four years late with the samurai one on the week that they bring out the first ever DLC for it, which comes out in my time, like right now, in an hour and a half or something, or two hours. So yeah, I've been playing those. Um, it's hard to explain. I won't waste your time, listeners. If you've played the Commandos games back in the day, it's there. What's it called again, John? Uh, it's called Desperados 3 or Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. This, that second game has a terrible name. I just have to admit. It, it, it's not the best. It's normally name. just Shadow Tactics, is what it's known as online. It's not usually that much of a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Those are really brilliant games, though. Yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. They're such a good time sink when you just got a podcast in or something and you're kind of just. It's almost like a. It's almost just like a puzzle, really. Uh, just trying to work out exactly how to stealth around each little bit. But great fun. Great fun. Well, wonderful. Yeah, there's not much... I'm sorry, there's, not, like, there's, there's no frame of reference. Either you, you've you played... Oh, yeah, there's no games like them, but they are good fun. But yeah, I do advise listeners, if you played Commandos back in the day, you'll like these games. Yeah. This is really nice um, because I really enjoyed our conversation last time, and I'm a huge fan of these games. I'm a huge fan of Desperados. I played... Um, Shinobi Blades of the Shadow Tactics or whatever it's called, but I didn't. Uh, there was a joke. I know what it's called. <laughs> um, but there was a. I I never uh, like stuck to it really. Whereas I devoured Desperados Free. I think it's an amazing game, and I'm gonna go back to Shadow Tactics. The uh, gameplay is nearly identical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you have very similar. I mean, you have very similar characters as well. Oh uh, yeah, in terms of yeah, their, yeah. In terms of their abilities, you just have fewer guns, obviously, because you're yeah. playing with like a yeah. ninja and a samurai. But it's basically you've got your big person that can carry bodies easily. You've got your very like nimble and quick stealth one that can't kill people but can lay traps or something like that. You know, you've got yeah, the, it's the equivalent dragged across. Yeah, and your sniper guy that doesn't do much of the running around but sits back on the map. Yeah, it was like very slow. The one in Desperados is so slow. Well, so the one in um, yeah, the one in Shadow Tactics has a walking stick. He literally is like a crippled old man. G- greatest sniper in the land. Then. <laughs> yeah, classic. But legend. yeah, yeah, great. Really great to yeah. see that you got into it. Oh yeah, massively. We talk about the game we played. Hell, we uh, should. We should. A much um, much worse game than Skyrim. I gotta say, um, but also you know, on reflection. Um, a better game than I think a lot of people gave it credit for. So we should maybe explain, Evan. And on say what the game is as well. Friday evening, I came over to your place because you have now an Xbox Series S. That's right. Yes, I bought an Xbox Series S since the last pod and that I was on. I wanted to complete my journey through the Halos. And we did that together. And we played Halo 5, the entire thing, in one night. In one wonderful, beautiful night. Yeah, it was glorious. And... Getting, I, getting quite I, qu- quite tipsy towards the end there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it got it got late. Yeah. Or early. Um, I think we finished around four thirty five o'clock, something like that. I think you yeah, left yeah. at five. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. You left. Yeah, I came home at six. Back on the couch. Okay, fair 
I, I, I came home at like uh, 6.30 in the morning because mm. I need like an hour. I, I went to play Halo and now I have played Halo. Goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was nice. Thank oh, you. We, did, we did dinner and shit before oh, we, we started playing. Oh, we did a lot playing. of lovely yeah. private stuff. We also played a few rounds of Halo Infinite. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Nice. But yeah, Halo oh, 5. now you've got it on the bloody uh, new console. That's awesome. That's nice. Yeah. No, it's just really good to be able to play those, play uh, all of the Xbox releases now. Yeah. Just I hope because my computer just wasn't powerful enough. So you guys could play, like, as a team just by yourselves. Like, they, do you remember that? It's like 2v2v2v2. It was a good mode for, yeah, just you and your blood were on. But anyway, Halo 5. Anyway, Halo 5. Halo 5. It's a strange game. I don't hate it. Let me. No, I don't hate it either. I don't, I don't think it's, like, a miserable game. I think I've, it's actually quite a fun game in many regards. Yes. I think it's a very bizarre product. <laughs> and I don't know where to start, man. It's a very confusing game. I think we both... I, you know, I went into this night thinking we're going to finish this and I'm going to be jubilant for ha for I have finally finished my journey through the Halos. And yeah. I thought it, it would be like a big moment. We would celebrate, maybe hug or high five. Yeah. But we would just sit on our, your couch and, and, and when in silence because we were like... What what just happened? Yeah, no, it was weird. I also had not played the game. I, I when the game first came out, I got an Xbox One, sorry, an Xbox One, um, or an Xbone. <laughs> um, uh, such a stupid fucking name for a console, Jesus Christ. Um, oh yeah, because Xbox Series S is better. Oh, the, the Xbox is Xbox 360 didn't make any sense, but it kind of had a ring to it, and I thought Xbox 720 would actually also have a ring to it, yeah. and it would make sense. Um, anyway, let's move on. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I would have liked that. It would Sorry, be nice. Yeah, the one yeah. person in the world. <laughs> um, no, Evan said he'd like it too. Yeah, I would yeah, like yeah, it too. Bitch. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep that. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I got the console, and I also had Sunset Overdrive on it. And Sunset Overdrive, I don't know if you two have played it. I know you haven't. No, we Paris. had this conversation before on the pod, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. but I love that game deeply. Yeah, and I was really day. into that game. And then I kind of booted up Halo 5. I'm like, cool, all right. I'm ready for the next chapter of Halo. I think I played the first or maybe the first two full missions. And, um, yeah, I was like, okay, and I never went back to it. Um, so it was interesting to play through it again. A couple of really, really great moments, some really good missions. I, I really like the whole section in the um, the, the homeworld of, of the, the elites. Yeah. Um, That's very good. Also visually amazing. A couple of things about that that I didn't like, like I didn't like the whole exiting of the big... Um, structure yeah. thing and you have to exit it on a banshee and it's really cool that you get to do that but then suddenly you're you just have to land it again and it's like well there was no point in this entire thing yeah i mean for for john if you remember in halo 2 there's like moments where you climb into a scarab and destroy it from the inside mm. yeah you you kind of do the same thing here with like a much bigger thing yeah um, okay but the but you enter the you enter the thing i forgot what it was called mm. And it's like a big hangar, and there's like banshees immediately there, so you obviously jump into one, but you have nowhere to go. These are your exit vehicles, so you're supposed to go past the banshees yeah. to a completely different spot. Bizarre bizarre level design. Do, do, do your thing yeah, and then go back to the banshees. That is bizarre. No one would have taken that hint if they didn't know it beforehand. You immediately jump into any vehicle the game leaves you on a campaign like that. 
Yeah, it like it does literally leads yeah. you to the hangar. Leads you to the fucking hangar. It has some of some moments like that where it's like, I don't understand why you designed it that way. It's quite weird yeah. and confusing, but <laughs> there's some schmoozing going on in the studio. Um, Sorry, I just made a made eye contact with Daniel. Um, I think overall, just if you if you look, if you completely ignore the story, let's say um, you got together some bots and maybe played it in co-op or something, and just did the missions, or if you just li- watched and listened to all of the dialogue and all of the cutscenes five times each. Just and, to, and, and, just so that you understood what the fuck was going on and, in this game, and, and, and read like five Halo novels. But that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But no, uh, but I was gonna say like the mission design, and everything's uh, really good, and I think it's a really part, fun yeah. game. There's um, also because this has probably the biggest scale of any Halo campaign. Like, it's it kind of feels more Call of Duty-ish in the sense that. To some degree, some of the levels are more linear, which I didn't enjoy. Yeah. But also thinking back, that's not too often the case. You, you, but what mostly happens my... is that you're dropped into big arenas. Yeah. And so a lot of the missions feel kind of like a horde mode. They kind of feel like firefight. You're like a big arena and you need to survive. This well, my problem is that you're, you're very right in that. And often when you do get dropped into a vehicle in Halo, you have to like get out of somewhere or you're racing a, uh, yeah. but as things are like falling around you. So you don't actually have all that much freedom. But the thing that's so bizarre about Halo 5 is that they drop you in a vehicle and then you get out of the vehicle like 20 seconds later. Like those sections in the vehicles are so fucking short except yeah. for the final section in the vehicle oh. right at the end of the game where it does have that big arena and yeah. you're driving around and there's lots of different vehicles you can jump into if you want just if to you start in a scorpion yeah and you go into a ghost or a banshee yeah and it's really fun yeah well, it looked fun you played that one yeah yeah and, it, and it, that that was good and i was like this is what those vehicle sections but also, should have been more like also, also what was really fun was that it had the call of duty feeling of like okay every mission is set somewhere completely different that's you, true you have a co- very a very high variety of scenarios and color palettes and um you have you, you just have so much variety there whereas in most of the halo games it's not quite the case because you're usually on like, I mean, Halo One is the worst offender where you basically have three areas that they recycle all the time. Yes. And um, well, that they did that it, really well. The missions are quite okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna oh, interrupt I you Halo to One argue in defense of combat you, evolved. You spend a lot of time in in uh, uh, forerunner uh, temples that look exactly the same. That is true. You, you, are, you are four different yeah. missions and four different temples. They literally have all the same textures and everything. Kind of dark, vaguely bluish light. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. yeah. Two, two and three did, did that pretty well, but they're also much uh, more contained. Like, yeah. this one has 15 different missions, some of which are five-minute bullshit sequences. Yeah. Let, let, let's just... I just want to quickly make a point yeah. about that. Um, I'm sorry, but a mission is not walking up to one character having a... 10 second long piece of dialogue and then being told to walk to another character that's maybe 50 meters away and then have another 10 second load of dialogue and then to walk back to the first character yeah. to have another 10 second load of dialogue yeah. and then the screen fades to black and it's the next mission. That's not a mission. That should have just been a cutscene. Yeah, you shouldn't like, have had to walk around at all. Just make it a cutscene. There's like two or three sequences like that in the game, yeah. like missions in quotation marks. Which they were are very, annoying. Which, which were quite confusing to me. It's like I don't really know what why you're doing this. I think that they were trying I to build a bit of a world. 
because those areas were actually kind of big and you could walk around and, like have a look at the town and stuff like this but you couldn't really do anything in there but you couldn't do anything in there so in the end you actually just walked from one dude to the other yeah. dude and then and unlike yeah. a cutscene they're not skippable which hurts the replayability because last of us yeah. 2 I was trying to replay recently and that's got a ton of those missions where it's like walk around like you're walking you know through tar just to have basically like you know control over a cutscene basically and it's just yeah. so long when you've seen it once, you're trying to replay the game. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. I hate that. I hate that in games. You know, Last of Us 2, great that you mentioned it because I was thinking um, one of my biggest problems is the structure of the game. And um, because, as infamous now, you don't play a lot of this game as the Master Chief. You only have like four missions, I think, as him. I which think are it's three, actually. Which are, I think it's four. It might be three. Mm, it might three or four. It's not a lot. They're all great, though. They're all highlights of the game. But they're also confusing. They're also confusing. I'll get to that. Um, the, the Halo, the, the Master Chief levels are the only ones that are not too confusing, but they're still confusing as fuck. Yeah, and the problem is that you mostly play as Team Osiris, who are mostly new characters. I mean, you have Buck from ODST. But who's played who by gets Nathan completely Fillion. not used at all. Yeah, he has like I think oh, he has five lines of dialogue. Yeah. You have Locke, who's been mentioned in like one comic or something and the other two are uh, new characters yeah and the the problem with this game is the main problem is that it introduces at least to people who just played maybe even just played the mainline games like i haven't played odst i didn't know who buck was and i couldn't even know who the other characters was uh, were and it does the same thing for the master chief because they focus on having four player co-op in this game yeah, like actually, um, diegetically makes sense so that you have four soldiers there. Oh, there's no point. I don't. They don't need to diegetically explain these things in shooting. Oh, they don't need to. And it's really annoying because the Master Chief also gets a team who are in the extended Halo lore a big deal, like the blue team. Remember, yeah. I jokingly said to you because there's this guy called Frederick. I forgot who the other people were. Yeah, as I jokingly told you, oh, I'm sure there's like a book centered around Frederick. And of course there is. Yeah. There actually is. There's a is. great subreddit on um, Halo Story. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and his yeah. team it's are well a huge It's well worth checking deal. out for some of the best of nerdy debates that Reddit has to offer. They've been, a, they've been a flame since Halo Infinite. But then I guess I bet you're both much more excited than for Halo Infinite, where it's not loads of these new characters, it's the classic. Well, I, I don't know because um, they can still fuck up the story. And the thing is, uh, also the problem with this is it's too many new characters. Okay, they don't have really that influence. That's the thing, though. They won't have. I don't. They might. I think it'd be much harder to fuck up the story if they just go in with the classic chief. Also, even if they spend like half an hour more introducing these characters, which would have helped massively, mm. the entire story is still incredibly confusing. Like at kind of no point had I really a grasp of what we're doing. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, let's start talking about that because I think that that well, is well, my well, fundamental we are at that. We are at the half an hour mark and we're on our opening what have you played this week feature. <laughs> so do we... Okay. Because we have had a big Halo special recently. Do we move on soon? Just, just, just a few minutes. Just a few minutes. We need to talk about yeah, this yeah, because it's this so is confusing. Super important. Okay, what Can is I, it you need to talk about? You, okay, do you want me to... Yeah. I'll, I'll do a, one of I'm my fa famous Evan rants. What the fuck is happening? What is going on? Look, the the thing about Halo 4 was, yeah, it wasn't the best game, but you always knew what the fuck was going on from the get-go of this game. You're like, yeah. why am I here? What am I doing? What the fuck is happening? All you know is that you're vaguely having to find Master Chief. 
that's it, especially as Team Osiris. You don't really know why. They don't really explain things all that well. When they do, it's all this cryptic bullshit. There's so much, um, like, dialogue that's done kind of through the environment when, like, there's different people are talking to each other. Yeah. But often it's, like, during a fight and shit, and you're not listening, and it yeah. just you just lose all of it because you're also trying to navigate through the levels as you, are, as you do. And it's just utterly... Utterly confusing. The entire thing. Why was Master Chief on that weird facility right at the beginning? Great level. Why was he there? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm sure they explained it, but they didn't explain it very well because I can't tell you... I, I could not tell you the plot of this game. No. Even now. Two days after I played the bloody thing. And even the thing with, like... Uh... What I really got hung up at is, at is that they call the game Halo 5 Guardians and the Guardians are a big thing and you never get a real... And they're very cool. Yes. But you never get a real grasp of what they actually are. They don't explain any of it. They yeah. don't explain... Like, what are the Guardians... They don't explain it well. Why, why are they here? What are they doing? Why are people so worried about these things? You know, none of this is explained. And I get it that maybe they want to... Maybe they're gonna, that's going to be a big reveal. But that reveal never came. No. And it ends on like a real, like, BS cliffhanger. Yeah, pseudo cliffhanger. I was so happy that I ha- hadn't played this game when it yeah. came out six years ago because I would have been no, fucking it's pissed off. It's very confusing and frustrating. And what kind of what I'm now to uh, pick up John's beautiful segue. Yeah. Um, get kind of worried about with Infinite is that they, um, as good as the game feels and looks, because Halo Five pretty much feels like Halo Infinite with fewer gadgets and not quite as good. Like, they refined it even more in Infinite, the gameplay. They could still do this bullshit where they don't have any idea how to tell a story. And it's not the most important thing, but it is frustrating with this one because it's so in the way of you feeling like part of this game and you you feeling like it matters what you do. So, I mean... uh, by next pod, uh, at least I and maybe you too, Evan, will uh, have played Infinite. I think that you're going to have to take the Halo Infinite one next week because I um, obviously won't have time. Oh, yeah. Because of my, my yeah, travels. I'll, I'll, I'll have played the story uh, to some degree and then we'll be able to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I so. don't imagine that I'll have time to play Halo Infinite's campaign till I'm in so. Sydney. So. <laughs> well, should, we, should we maybe save that till you are and then we can do a campaign yeah, review? Because I've... Like it might be, it'd just be a better conversation if you played it and you can counterpoint as well. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, we'll, like have a bigger discussion. But I would like to give like my first impressions because I am very torn now. It's like I am very excited still because I know I will love uh, part of the game because I love the gameplay. But yeah, Halo Five left yeah. me a bit confused. Well, a lot but of yeah. the reviews are now out for Halo um, Halo Infinite um, campaign, yeah. um, and they are pretty much saying that. Um, Amazing gameplay, amazing worlds, um, great new way of building a Halo game with this open world hub. Um, um, but it is looking like some, the story is kind of the sticking point. Some people are giving yeah. it nine, some people are giving it lower, and it's usually based on the story. So we'll yeah. see. I will see. We'll see what we think of it. But listeners, we've now been talking for far too long about a topic that we talked about last uh, week, uh, the week before last as well. Um, so instead. We're going to move on to our second segment, the biggest segment. This is the name <laughs> of the podcast. What are we going to say, Johnny Boy? Just, well, just as you're talking then, and you want to reviews, a good tagline, which kind of leaves people in, oh, what could it be that Faris can confirm it on next week? I'll leave it on the tagline from, uh, oh, well, I won't share the review. Well, I'll, well, maybe in the comments. But it said, apparently, Infinite's uh, moment-to-moment campaign feels most like a cross between Halo 1 and 3. So... 
Good job you've played them both recently, Farris. You can tell us how true or not that is next time. Yeah. yeah Sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'll rate it on that scale. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. John, do you want to take the next topic? No, Evan was about to introduce it. It's not a topic. I just wanted to end on. I thought that was quite a nice tagline for a uh, review. And I just read it. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, um, lead us into our next section, Evan. So. A big thing is about to happen. A big thing is about to happen. A big thing that I always dread year in and year out because it is the most tedious event in the gaming calendar. Even more tedious. Varus and John, then E3, and that is hard to get. Oh. Well, you get... Oh. <laughs> you started controversial, because I was going to say E3, I like that they cram it all into like an hour, or an hour and a half, whenever when they do that big boo 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 trailer, 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 trailer. The, the, the trailers are fine. The trailers are fine. The trailers are kind of just like a second-rate E3. Um, it's the awards that that are just tedious. Yeah, I agree. And the pres and the presenter. I mean, I'm sorry, Jeff Keeley. Oh, I'm not going to say anything because I don't uh, want him to yeah, sue me. But no, Jesus I, fucking yeah, Christ! I, I, I agree. His charisma is wasted on me. I don't. I don't really know if he has any. I really don't find him like an enjoy. He just seems so fake to me. I mean, all of the award shows, particularly in gaming, they haven't nailed it yet. They seem particularly kind of sickly sweet and too much. We love this next game. We spent hours. It was our child. You know, that kind of over the top. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the he's one of the worst for it. So he's I, the I equally absolute don't like worst. Him. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's a bad guy. I'm sure he's a super lovely man. But I think the work he's doing is is, is amazing. Yeah. Because he always tried to push video games to like a mainstream level in that sense. Because he brought he did the game awards on t American TV. And things like that. And he always worked for that. He 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 is not charismatic at all, but he obviously cares very much. And he does put these things together really well, I think. And it um Oh yeah, he does great he he does great work. I just yeah, I just He don't can just get do it from off stage. He can do his great work from off stage and then get well, someone else. Yeah. Uh, have either of you guys ever seen the one that they did like uh, five or six years ago where they got John McHale in from community? Oh really? I didn't know to, that. To, oh to my god, was... why did, why did so many people obsessed with him as like a presenter of things? It was an absolute train wreck because they just had no chemistry. John McHale hated being there, obviously. He kept like sniping the 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 whole thing <laughs> and it was very awkward very fun but oh, yeah God. game awards are upon us yes they're gonna and we're going to have a look at some of the categories for the game awards this year and just have a conversation about maybe what we think will win and what we think of the selection of nominated games that they've chosen for each of these particular um you know these particular games uh what's what's the word i'm looking for sections categories. subsections categories that's the word that's that that that's the word. All right. So take it away, F man. What do we want to start? I think we should end with the game of the year conversation. Yes. Uh, or what are we looking forward to? So it's like a oh well, that game of the year is more sort of a big thing, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do most anticipated game because this is interesting? Because it... I was going to say should we do that last? So it's like an ending on a look forward. Or we can start no, with it if you want. No, no, I, I think we should do that first, actually, because that's the thing that annoys me the most, and that'll be a very negative conversation. Okay. Should okay. we do most anticipated game? 
Um, so, I mean, okay, yeah, should I put it away? So, I don't know if you guys have it in there. I'll, for the listeners at home, I'll go on to the most anticipated game. So, the nominees for the Game Awards this year. And by the way, guys, this is if you're in America, yeah, Thursday night. Um, if you're in Europe, unless you, unless you're a student or unemployed, you won't be able to watch this live because it takes place. It starts at like one or two in the morning. Um, we're afraid. But if you're in America, we'll be covering it Thursday live. night. We'll be covering it live. Tune well, yeah, we will because we're one of the few. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Free, but free I mean, most AM, people I think, are video starting our coverage. So, John, who are the nominees? From Software's Elden Ring, Sony Santa Monica's God of War Ragnarok, Gorilla's Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West, Nintendo's <sighs> the sequel to The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Doesn't Wild, have a name yet. and from oh, Bethesda, Starfield. Oof. But Okay, I'll wait till we get into discussion, but you've got it right there. So Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. But to well, immediately let you down, Starfield is almost definitely being delayed. So it won't actually come 2022. Yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, um, my first reaction is uh, Elden Ring is my most anticipated game of next year. Mm -hmm. Um I also think because, um, um, well, I guess people can vote for it um, because people got to play it now in the beta. Um, that really stoked up the flames for this game even more because the reception was mostly extremely positive, um, which is why I could also see this win, um, which would be interesting because, I mean, almost Starfield... Okay, this is just bullshit. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. There were also inside reports. This will pro most likely be delayed. And the Even other if it wasn't, it wouldn't win. I'd probably say, well, I'll, I'll let you speak first, but I wouldn't have said Starfield even if it was this year. But yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it might because I think this is like a, a, this is like a category where just anyone can vote for. So and people love Bethesda, and they love Skyrim and all this, and it's kind yeah. of like the next Skyrim almost. Yeah, so I could see this one, actually. Um, it's not going to be as good as Skyrim. Have you seen the trailer? It looks like... It doesn't even look like fun, adventurous space exploration. It looks bollocks. It looks so boring. It looks like you're kind of going around kind of farming materials. It looks like Star Citizen, not like Skyrim. I think no, it's I do, I do actually agree game. with you, John. Oh, but those were just mood trailers. Like, the, yeah. the game could be anything. Yeah, but, they are, but I still feel like you set a mood with a mood trailer. I, I have strong... Uh, no Man's Sky vibes. Yeah. I think that they're gonna yes. they're yes. gonna completely under deliver. I don't think all of that content that they're talking about is gonna be there. I think that yes. it's probably yeah. gonna be quite bare bones when it releases. Then they'll patch it repeatedly. I always hate that kind of thing because I think that if they release a full price game, you should be able to pay for that yeah, game, man. and come then on. the game should come Stop out. Stop with the tangents. But um, I, I I actually I'm on Evan's side here. I completely agree. I think it's gonna be a disappointing game stuff. I think it's gonna be crap. Sorry, I don't know why I'm so angry. Whoa! About that. Oh, sorry, Farish, you can't. I don't know about that. It, but I do think it's crap. Wow. John, Johnny Boy's on fire. He's, he's hotter than I am today. John, I what's your opinion on the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, a game that I has think no that official name? <laughs> Shut up. Your, your opinion on Breath of the Wild is worth nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not. It's not. I'm the furthest thing from a Nintendo fan, but I do think that will be a well. I think you'll get a full game there. Even if like we don't like it, it won't be like empty like Starfield. I think, I think you'll think get a full entry of a game. It's kind of hard to judge because Breath of the Wild was extremely successful and beloved by people who have good taste. So uh, this, I could see this theoretically win this category. Also because I could see I think, a win as well. I yeah. think it. I mean, Zelda is like a legendary brand. 
and as hyped as That's people are. That's been butchered for, within an inch of its life. Can I, can I do the show, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, and as hyped as people are for Elden Ring, I mean, let's not underestimate how popular uh, the Souls games are, but they're not quite on the level of Zelda. That's also, true. Breath of the Wild. No, but I don't know how big. I can't really judge how big the excitement for this game is. That had two short trailers, as no official name yet, and looks very much I, like Breath of the Wild. I so. think that if I was going to put my money on the most anticipated game out of these selection of five, I would say it would either be. Um, Zelda, or um, uh, I, I think Elden Ring. Um, I, I can see Starfield being very, very highly anticipated. I am a little bit hesitant about that because uh, as much as, you know, like we could talk about what we think of Starfield for hours, we should do an episode on that actually. But um, I think that it is very highly anticipated. People are really excited for this game. And for good reason in a lot of ways because, I mean, obviously Bethesda is beloved and they haven't released a full-scale RPG since Fallout 4, which, um, correct me if I'm wrong, was 2014 or 2015? I think 15. But yeah. So it was a while ago. I agree. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think of Horizon... Um, I think Horizon's not going to win. I'm excited for Horizon Forbidden West, but I think it's not quite in the league of these other games in in just terms of its mass uh, appeal and popularity. It's just not quite in their league, I wouldn't say. I mean, it but, also makes sense because, I mean, the first game wasn't Crash Hot either, so... I it loved it. Were... I did <laughs> love it. You, I mean, you I, go yeah. shove your hot cakes up your bum. Like, that game, that game was very... Um... Uh, extremely popular, actually. It was, That's it was, true. Uh, it was. Surprisingly popular. But uh, uh, all those other games have like a much bigger pedigree to some sense. If you if you count yeah. Starfield yeah. to as like... It's Bethesda. A Skyrim-like. Yeah. It's the Skyrim I mean, people. Personally, you know what? It's with From Software games, they've got a real die-hard and loud audience, but... They have very uh, successful games, John. They sold they are, millions of copies. But do you think... So Dark Souls 3... I wonder if it sold more than 10 million copies. Does that beat out everything else on her? God of War, 20 million copies. So God of War sold more than twice as many as Dark Souls 3, for instance. I think it's just got more of a mainstream appeal. Yeah, but it's 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 also here for a reason. And Elden Ring, if you remember the summer show that Jeff Keighley did, Elden Ring was the big thing. Yeah, and, and also we do have to remember... It's very gamey kind of people that would listen to that. It's like people that know their games, that are deeply involved in them, that would like not be intimidated or approach a From Software more. Whereas but that's the same with the Game Awards, right? never watch, but I think would play God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not arguing that God of War doesn't have a bigger appeal. I just wouldn't underestimate the appeal of the From games and, and the wide-reaching uh, appeal they have. Like, they are... Not quite as mainstream as a God of War, but they are just not far yeah. away from that. No, they're well, not for me personally. For me personally, what I'm most excited for is God of War. That's what I'm most excited for. I don't think Should it'll we win rank them? this particular thing. Should we rank them by excitement? Each? Yeah. Okay. So you want me to go first? Or you're going to go sure. first. All right. We so go we're going first. five. Five is the lowest excitement. Yeah. Okay, Horizon Forbidden West is my lowest excitement. I'd put that at number five. Um, I would put um, the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild as number four. 
I put Starfield as number three, Elden Ring as number two, and then God of War as number one. Okay. Okay. I would put uh, Secret of Zelda at number five. Just I'm sure it would be... One of the best, better yeah, than these five, but I don't not have gonna a, play it. <laughs> I'm not going to play it. I don't have a Nintendo console. I never will. Uh, Starfield Four. I've said why well, I think that's crap. Uh, God of War Three. I just I didn't I didn't vibe with the first one, but I think it'll be good. Horizon Two because I did really like the first Horizon and Elden Ring One, which I'll surely enjoy. Um, I think I'm going to put Horizon Five. I didn't love the first game. I, I hugely respect it, but I it's. It um, didn't gel with me. Finally, a bit of reasonable. Starfield 4. I I think it's going to be fun. I won't care much. Now, the other three I am generally all very excited about. I think um, because we don't know enough about it, I'm going to put Breath of the Wild sequel on 3, God of War 2, and Elden Ring 1. Because I, I, I put way too many expectations on that game. I... I secretly expect it to be one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did we put? So did we all put Elden Ring as one there? No, no. You I put God of War Ragnarok as one. I put God of War, but I put Elden Ring as two. Yeah. I have huge respect for Elden Ring. I mean, I've teased Faris about it before, but um, on the pod actually. But but no, no. That game yeah. will probably be very, very good. I, look, I'm sure that all of the games on this list will be very good. I'm a little bit iffy about whether Starfield will be good, but. I'm sure. I'm sure that it'll be okay. I think it is a good list. Like, um, um, notwithstanding that, I mean, the last two games might not even come out next year. But um, where would you put Halo on this list? Infinite. Yeah. Below. Should have uh, made it, but I guess it's not anticipating it's already there. Two or three. Yeah. Halo would have been high up for me. Halo would have been like third or second. I think definitely below Elden Ring. Because this is technically supposed to be all pre-December. So pre... Is Elden Ring more Dark Souls or more Bloodborne? More Dark Souls. Oh, fine. Yeah, number one stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I think Halo... I think I'm more excited for God of War Ragnarok because I really love what that first game did. And Mm. I think we talked about it before. They have... Huge potential. This one has huge potential to do right. One of the nicest looking games, I think you can play on the PS5 right now. Absolutely. Mwah. But anyway, next, next, let's get to the next category. Next category. What should we do? Best multiplayer. Should we do one more best multiplayer? From. Yeah, best we multiplayer. We should do best multiplayer. Oh, yeah, I can rant a little bit. Should we do All the right. nominees first? Yes. Yes, do the nominees. Okay, okay. I can read okay. them. Oh, okay, you're done. You read them. I, I guess you're talking to... I don't... Okay, I, I can't have a visual... Okay, I, okay. Are you talking <laughs> Sorry, to me yeah, or Farrah? Should I read it? Do you read it? Do you read it? Okay, <laughs> I'll read it now to stop this confusion. Um, so you'll okay. you'll read it? Yeah, I will. I will read it. Now. So John won't read it. No, John will not read. Okay. So <laughs> From we got Turtle Rock. <laughs> From Turtle Rock, Back for Blood, um, Knockout City by Valen. It takes Sue by Hazelight, um, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Rise by Capcom, New World by Amazon Games, and Valheim by Iron Gate Studio. Shit selection. Now listen. Right. Listen, I agree. <laughs> now it's a weird selection because why the fuck is Knockout City there? It's yeah. a good game. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's right. a bad game. Uh, it is legitimately a good game, but why is it on this list? No, well, look, it's what not. Else would it's, you it's, have liked? It's, it's, it's okay for what it is, but it doesn't deserve to be nominated as maybe the best multiplayer game of 2020. I mean, up against it's it takes joke. two. It's a weird selection because it takes two. It's, it's very different from the other ones because yeah. it's a co-op uh, only game. 
and it's like a weird narrative. It's not thing. a. It, I wouldn't Monster call Hunter it a multiplayer game. I would have called it a co-op game. I would have had a separate category for that. No, but it takes two. It's like a narrative game that you can only play in co-op. It's not like. Yeah, like um, that Prison Escape one. Yeah, it's from same, the same same people. guys, same guys. Um, so it's it's it kind of sticks out in a weird way. I I get why. I mean, it says explicitly including co-op, and it is. Those games are really great for that. It's mm. great that they exist. I played Monster Hunter Rise quite a lot of multiplayer. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's not quite as good as the previous Monster Hunter game. And Back for Blood is my uh, biggest disappointment of the year. Uh, I Maybe you're played... number one. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I, I haven't played New World or Valheim. Have other few? Um, look, I, I haven't played either of those games either. I, the only one on this list that I have played extensively is Monster Hunter Rise, but I didn't you play didn't it. didn't like very much. Sorry. Did you not? Oh, I didn't. I, no, didn't, like, I liked sorry, it, sorry. but I didn't play the multiplayer component of it, so I can't really comment. That's the problem. Ah, uh, see, I have a friend back home, one of my best gaming buds, who's such a Monster Hunter fan. He literally has bought me games so we can play them together. So I actually have played a decent amount of Monster Hunter Rise. Um, so yeah, yeah. But we should. Well, we could play it together sometime. It always works. Let's just. Uh, shall we just rank them and then move on? Because I think this category is kind of shit, to be honest. I think it's. I honestly. I yeah. I do as well. I think it's bollocks. I'm not saying that Battlefield deserves to be here. It was crap, but yeah. But I mean, card shared. The problem is that I would have said like Warzone should be here or something. But the problem is that Warzone technically came out in 2020. Yeah, but like even Vanguard beat Knockout. I'm sorry. I know I'm a card guy, but Knockout City. Fuck me. No, I would definitely put Knockout City above Vanguard. Man, that game was trash. You put Knockout City above Vanguard. Yes, of yes. course. And he would defend, he would you put his life ridiculous. at stake for this. You are ridiculous. <laughs> uh, my, my, my opinion on Vanguard is, has been deteriorating over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you hate COD, I guess. I, mean, I don't not, hate yeah, COD, but, though. That's the thing. I joke about hating COD, but I don't hate COD. I just think that Vanguard is a legitimately bad COD game. This is okay. insane. It has such good comps. It is insane. Let's but we won't on. talk about it here. We won't talk about it here. <laughs> um, should we just say like what would win for you, I guess, for John Nothing? Uh, no, I would probably put New World first. I've played a little bit of that. And Monster Hunter Rise I played a bit of. And not much. It's all pretty crap. Um, I think New World would deserve my number one. Then Monster Hunter Rise. I haven't played It Takes Two, but I bet I would prefer it to... Valheim I like the look of, but haven't played it. Knockout City definitely last, then Back for Blood, because you said it was trash. It Takes Two or Valheim would fight for third or fourth. Monster Hunter second, New World first. That would be my ranking. Um, And yours, Ferris? Monster Hunter Rise won. I think Valheim too, because I I would have loved to play that game. I just, uh, my friends are lame, so they didn't get it. Um, And the rest uh, joined last. I, I'll, I'll it put, takes um, two and three because it's a cool game. Okay. I'm going to put... Jeez, um, it's so hard. I'm going to do something kind of selection. weird here. I haven't actually played Valheim. but I'm, No, I'm going to go backwards, sorry. Uh, Knockout City last. I, no, Back for Blood last. Sorry, but it sounds really bad. Then Knockout City because I did play a bit of that game and I actually found it, it really fun. It is very fun. Um, I, I agree with John that it does not belong on this list but uh, it is really fun I enjoyed it a lot um, then I would put New World because it just looks like yet another MMO um, and then I would probably put Monster Hunter Rise 
I put It Takes Two, and then I put Valheim as number one, even though I haven't played Valheim. But it looks um, so good. But it looks incredible, and it has really good reviews. Yeah. Okay. All right, next next, next section. What do you guys want to do? Okay, let, 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 let's do on one less. Game Pass soon. Guys, we could play it together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, which one? Valheim? It, it, I just Googled, is it on Game Pass? Uh, and apparently by the end of the year, it should be on Game Pass. So. Which one? Valheim. Well, oh, that would be cool. Fantastic. Should we do um, best role playing, and then go to game of the year? I think so too. Yeah. Okay. Or, or maybe we should do best shooter and then best role playing. No, and then no. Game of don't the worry year. about the shooter one. I have a look at the category, and I don't. I just, I just fundamentally don't like. What? Well, don't do. Oh, you're trying. I want to see the list. Let's. Yeah. I want to see the uh, list. Now. Let me find it. I have too many tabs open. Best shooter. Is there even such a thing? Age of Empires Age of 4, not a multiplayer not game, but that would have been my... Uh, that that would have deserved a treat yeah. from me. Is it, like is it the best much. action game, then? The one we're looking for now. Wait, what are we looking for? There, are, There's no shooter category. There's no shooter category? I swear you had a tab open for that. No. Um, so should we just do the top one? No, I think we should do uh, best action then, and then do uh, top ten games of the year. Wow, it's crazy oh, they don't have a best shooter. Best action. Best All right, action. let's talk about best action games. Best action. Can I do this okay. one? Yeah. I want to introduce this. Oh, yeah, yeah. All righty, guys, it's time for best action game of 2021. From Turtle Rock Studios and WB Games, we got Back for Blood. Blah. From. <laughs> I will. I will move back from the market. From Torn Banner Studios and Tripwire Interactive, we have Chivalry Two. Ching 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 ching. From from Arcade Studios, who are also developing the terrible looking Red Something or Rubber. And Bethesda, we've got Deathloop. And then from Ubisoft Toronto and Ubisoft, we have Far Cry 6. And finally, from Housemark and Z, we have Returnal. So Sony Interactive Entertainment. Oh, <laughs> Sony Interactive Entertainment, blokes. All right. I think this is... First things first, um, Back for Blood should be not on this list. Why is it on here? As well. I wonder if there is a better action game that came out. I mean, not, one thing that's becoming abundantly clear, not many like outstanding games came out this year. It was a mm. terrible year. It was um, a terrible year. God. I mean, what else would you put on this list? I don't know, really. Um, I guess if you go shooty-shooty bang-bang games. What I don't understand is why... Um, on the previous list, the best multiplayer, they had, um, what was it called? The, the fucking ball game, whatever it's called. Knockout City. Knockout City. And not Chivalry 2. That is Chivalry true. Chivalry 2 is here is one of the best action games, but it wasn't on the best multiplayer games list. And I think it's basically a multiplayer-only game. And it's a multiplayer-only game. Yeah, game. That's a good Doesn't point. Doesn't make any sense. Just saying. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how exactly these categories are built. Maybe they like, kind of spread it around to make sure... I don't know, one thing doesn't end up in too many categories. I don't know. I, I just, I think it's, I don't know. We've talked about the general problem. Well, my problem with a lot of these awards things these days, but that's a different discussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what are your favorites? Oh, I'm probably... 
Okay, well, okay, well back for blood, no. Uh, Deathloop, I, Deathloop doesn't look like Mike in a game, but you said it was good. Far Cry 6, I do want to try. Evan, you said this was good. You gave a good review of it. That would like, I haven't tried it, but I imagine Far Cry might be my number one or two. I really like Chivalry too. I like the kind of ultra-violent um, sword fighting shit. Returnal, not my vibe at all. Not my vibe at all. Um, that would probably be my... Fuck. I guess Deathloop... Deathloop would... <sighs> oh, man. Again, I think I'm the Deathloop... I haven't played it yet, but I, I really like Arcane, and I really <laughs> like the look of this game. Um, it looks like almost like a cool spin on some of the themes that they had in Dishonored. And I actually really like the look of that game, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to come to Game Pass, which will be some like next September or something. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I also haven't played Far Cry. It looks like yeah, the action looks good. If you if you're judging this as an action game, it looks pretty good. But it's like maybe the most boring game out of this, at least. I mean, with Back for Blood, which is um, just. I don't know, man. I'm losing. No, I, think that, that, I think that that little uh, pause and that strange noise you just made kind of summarizes your opinion of that game. <laughs> it was so. I had so, such high hopes. Unlike John, Returnal is very much my vibe, but I also love Chivalry and Deathloop. Um, I mean, surely as a game and definitely as an idea of a game. So, I don't know. I think I think it might. I think Deathloop will win, and I think it would be my favorite as well. And how would you rank them? Uh, Deathloop, Returnal, Chivalry, and then two John Loss, Fucker, and Back for Blood. Okay, John. I would go Chivalry one, Deathloop two. No, sorry, sorry, Chivalry one, Far Cry two. Sorry. Back for Blood, maybe three. Deathloop, four. Eternal, five. Okay. And and why why would you put um, like Deathloop so low? It just didn't like my kind of game. Um, it just looks... <laughs> the thing is, I play like a ton of shit all the time, and I'm used to kind of AAA action, so I'm not going to go there for the gameplay of it, and the story looks uh, like not my vibe, but it's kind of dull. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, for me, um, I re- like I really am disinterested in Back for Blood because um, of everything Faris has said about it. She's a shame, but I'll put that last. Um, Returnal really wasn't my vibe. I actually helped review it for early game earlier in the year. Oh, it it was it wasn't bad, but it was just tedious, and I was really sick of the overhype that it got. Um, I'd then probably put, oh, this is a hard one. Um, it kind of hurts me to do this, but I put Chivalry as number three. Um, I haven't played Chivalry 2. Um, Chivalry 2 has, uh, has had great reception and Chivalry 1 was really my jam. Like I fucking love that game. So, um, I am actually legitimately really excited to get my, to to play it. So why is it in your third place? Because Deathloop is also just also like really my jam. Like I love this kind of game. I love Arcane. I love the art style. The concept is really cool. Um, I disagree completely with you, John. I think that the story seems really cool as well. I'm really excited to dive into it once I get the chance. It's not that it'll be poorly written. It's just not my theme at all. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure. But I just, um, I, I really vibe with that with the look of that game. Like, yeah, if, I agree. If uh, if Halo wasn't you know coming out, then I would be very significantly thinking about whether I'm going to pick that game up. Um, and then uh, first place, I'd put Far Cry Six. I know that that's a little bit um, controversial because a, a lot of people don't like Far Cry, don't like Ubisoft. Um, I thought that this was an awesome game. I really enjoyed Far Cry Six. I know it's not the you know, it, it's like, you know, we were, Faris and I were talking about, you know, kind of bad 2000s movies, you know, like the Da, Vin- the da Vinci Code, which I saw for the first time ever on the weekend. I'd never seen that movie before. Oh, or like National um, Secret. <laughs> yeah, National that's Treasure. the one. That's the one that the, uh, oh, the Nick Cave tre- one, National yeah. Treasure. That's it. Yeah, we were talking about that. It, oh, it's kind of oh. like that, you know, it's not good. It's really not good, but I like it anyway. You it's know? entertaining. Um, Look what it's up against this year. I don't think it's that controversial to go Far Cry. This is a crap year. It's a terrible year for games. So I think I think that's fine. I think yeah. And you made. A I great just want to bad taste. I just want to before we move on to the final topic though, give a shout out to a particular game which is really really special to me, and really deserves to be on the game of the year list, which is, is it this one. Yeah. You we... fucking kidding me? This is the game of the year list? Yeah. All right. Yeah, you don't yeah. see it. Why yet? the fuck? Oh, it's really why the bad, fuck isn't it? It's really Is this game really bad. not on this list? Persona 5 Strikers. And I know that you guys. Because mm. um, it's DLC. I don't, know, right? I, I don't know about either of you. Um, the thing is, John, it's not DLC, it's a full game. But is it like. No, but that's uh, a weird I haven't game. Persona 5 Strikers. Is it, so it's like a standalone? <laughs> It's like yeah, it's it's, it's a, a standalone game. It's a sequel to the original. But it's it's in a different genre. It's confusingly made and marketed. It's uh, to a Jap- JRPG. It's not going to be on this list. They didn't even put Persona Five on this list. I think when when that came out, and that was much more popular. That so. but they, this game was remarkable. It was amazing the way that they took the Persona Five formula and they kind of put it on its head a little bit, and then had this like weird mixture, and it worked really well. Had a good story, um, tons of content. That's why it always annoys me when people are like it's DLC. I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, Call of Duty Vanguard's campaign is like four hours long. This game is like two hundred hours long. Please don't say that it's a DLC because that is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's yeah. it's it's always irritating. But I do also agree that it's stupid of them to call it Persona Five <laughs> Strikers. Is one of those situations where it's like, why? That's probably what denied it, like, you know, getting a chance on the list. I know it's probably annoying, you know, when you do hours versus how much DLC gives, but. It's not know. DLC, guys. Anyway. But it's I know, a, I know it's annoying. Game. It's annoying. It's it doesn't feel game. like it, but if it's yeah. being marketed like that. No, it's, it's, it's. They never really understood how to market that game. No, and no, no. It kind of it got lost a bit. I mean, uh, let's. But you let's got do, a bit, but you have to play it first. because it's fantastic. Just wanted to say that before I we will. move on to the no- Metroid Dread. I just this. Uh, John, sorry, let's do the I'm nominees. It away. Sorry. Let's be professional here. We got again Deathloop. Uh, it takes two. Then Metroid Dread by Mercury Steam and Nintendo. Psychonauts two by Double Fine and Xbox Game Studios. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart by Insomniac Games and Z, as Evan said. And Resident Evil Village by Capcom. Now, before we lose our panties or whatever you English say, um, I think these are all good games. Good to great games. Yeah. No. Have you, Metroid Dread is a good to great game. Yes. It's a brilliant game. It's amazing. F- 
Have it's an incredible any, game. Oh, have oh you ever God. played a Metroid you sound, game before? You both sound like classic sort of journalists, self-indulgent. No one, go at home, listeners, and Google this game. And then tell me if you'd be really... Think to yourself, would you be really excited if you woke up on Christmas morning and you got this game? It's like, oh, I've got a rush to play this. I'm sorry, sorry. this okay, is John, such trash. Have you ever heard of Metroid before? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's one of the most legendary Nintendo franchises. It, those are brilliant games. Metroidvanias are very popular right now. And this is one of the best ones of them. <sighs> I'm and it's just... the first one, first Metroid, Metroid well, game that's a Metroid game for what, fifteen years, something like that, for cracking crazy amount of time. But John, John, that's an interesting metaphor. So let's say it's Christmas. You want to give your little brother, if you have one, uh, a, a, a game as a gift. What would you choose from this year? I mean, I mean, if this list, wow. I mean, if they're young enough, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. But you don't have to be young to enjoy Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I, I played that <laughs> game. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you don't have to be young, but I think if you hadn't grown up with it, I don't. I don't know if as no, an but adult it's like, you'd enjoy it. It's fun. It's got good combat. It's 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 got amazing graphics. It's one of the best uh, show-offs of the PS5. It um it, it, it like looks wonderful, kind of, and it plays really well. But it's like and if you're into the story, then it's great. game, isn't it? Like kind of 3D but platformer still. Have you ever played a Ratchet and Clank game? They're like action games. They're action yeah, games. Yeah, but this one, it's like, yeah, I, but I'm saying it's like a 3D version of that. It's like a puzzle you jump from this thing to that thing. Do you see what I mean? No. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a combination of action and platforming. You're yeah. doing a lot of, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of um. Yeah, uh, I think action, it's a adult, if a, you didn't grow up with it, that'd be quite dull. No, but it's, it's I, 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 I strongly disagree. Because this is like... um. A very expertly crafted game that's just super fun to play, and um, it's have you, not have you like... played it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I only played like so. I only played like a, an hour or two because we got the addition to it. So I only played like an hour or two with um, Eric because he had to well, not with Eric, someone else when we had to review it that time, and I had to write the review. But and you found a doll. It. Pardon? Pardon? And you found a doll. Yeah, I found yeah, it quite I found dull. It quite dull. Well, that's a shame then. That is a shame. Yeah. yeah. But but I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Johnny Boy here has no heart and doesn't even like Nintendo. Or good it's taste, not. Yeah. I'm a AAA person. I'm honestly, I'm speaking for the listener at home here with my love of AAA. Like these guys, are like honestly, you know, I, I, it's like films that are made in somewhere that's not America. Like I'm sure they're kind of interesting and expertly crafted, to borrow your phrase. But generally, most people would be bored and disappointed if they got it on Christmas Day. It wouldn't be like unwrapping a massive, like, sorry, exciting... Sorry, wait, wait. Did you just say that about Ratchet and Clank? Did you just say that about movies made in America? About the other ones on this list. There are tons of good movies made outside of America. Well, that's... Yeah, not, that's don't, 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 don't You're British. You're British, man. There yeah. are tons of amazing... British movies. I mean, most of them are dull, dude. Like, it's like The Lighthouse. Oh. It is great and expertly crafted, but most people just get bored as fuck watching that. Well, uh, uh, taking your definition of AAA, what what would be your nominees? Because so, so Ratchet would be Ratchet. It does deserve to be here. Ratchet deserves to be here, as does Resident Evil Village. Because it's a game. So for everything else doesn't. It takes two. Does 
Deathloop, well, I haven't played it, but I'm completely on side of that. Metroid Dread, no. Psychonauts 2, no. How did Age of Empires 4 not get a look in? <laughs> Are you How joking? Did, that's not a... The, I, I can tell you why that, that that game didn't get a look in, John. I haven't, I haven't played it extensively, um, but that game was critically not good. I know well, that a lot of people love it, but it was not critically well received. It was critically divisive. It was critically divisive, but it wasn't universally poorly received by any but stretch. There's all of these games, like but all of these games were critically acclaimed. Yeah. So you don't. So they're not going to put a critically divisive game on here. I mean, when I guess that's. I guess all that's of what these it is. games are critically acclaimed. I guess that's what it is, though. Again, to what I was saying about who are awards for. You know, it's. I suppose that's it. As you say, it's not for general consumers. It's for critics, and this is my problem with it: that it feels so self-indulgent to me. And it's like fair enough. You're going to rate it. What people are going to give the very high ratings that a critic might give because they might be connected to it, because they might like the art style, whatever it may be. That is fine. Like, there has to be a place for that. But I just, I don't think the average consumer, the non-gamer people that aren't in these conversations like we are, that wouldn't discuss certain elements of a game that we might, that's just looking to be entertained or is looking in that scenario for a present for a loved one. I feel like they would be disappointed with most things on this list. And there are can much I, can I just, more games can, that would Can I open just... Them. Can I just open a very small, like, just just a little mini discussion very, very quickly because we don't have a huge amount of time. But this is actually a very interesting conversation, I think, because um, the Game Awards, like, is the ga- who's the Game Awards for? Who do you think that the Game Awards are for? For me, uh, if you were a mum and you want, wanted to buy a game for your kid, you're not going to be looking at what Jeff Keighley has made the game of the year. Um, you know and what I mean? He hasn't, by the way. Yeah, he hasn't. That's right. how it works. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's that. But for general consumers, it's for very game people that are like in. It's, it's basically exactly. like us. It's for journalists and people that might be really in it, and people that are in the industry. It's not really for people, even people that are casual gamers. It's not for them. Well, sure. The thing I is, but pe- people who like to go go and see um, Marvel movies might not go and go and watch the entirety of the Oscars. They're not going to watch Moonlight. No, no, you're you're right. Like you know, we don't. You don't need to make it for the general audience. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of. But as long as we say up front and they are kind of open that it is this self indulgent thing that we can enjoy, but it, I don't think it's a reflection of what most people would enjoy. Well, most people enjoy Kings of a, Fall or whatever that Chinese MOBA is called that uh, millions of play, people are playing. Yeah, like, but they're not. That's not, no measure for anything. But it, well, I don't know if it's not. I don't know if it's not because I feel like there's an or there's an authentic enjoyment there. No one's looking over their shoulder. They're not being. They're not being judged in any way on that choice. They're enjoying it purely, but for their own entertainment. Whereas I feel there's almost a sense of these of you you should say the right thing about them or you should force yourself to enjoy them perhaps. And there's sort no, of you that, can have a wrong I'm, opinion. I'm not on sure that's I authentically fine. believe that people that, that these are beloved by everyone voting. No, but, John. Yeah. I think I think I mean I I I I completely respect your opinion as a human being as a gaming journalist, but I think you're totally wrong there. I think you're seeing this. You're not seeing the perspective of people who love. Who, for example, loved the first Psychonauts game, which is still a completely unique game in the, this gaming industry. Which, as and I'm trying to by say, a classic studio. Which I'm trying to say for ten minutes now. This award shows to celebrate this industry, which is extremely 
uh, colorful and uh, wide and uh, multifaceted. And then to have 15 or 16 years later a highly budgeted, basically almost a AAA budgeted sequel to a cult classic that is incredibly creative and well-produced and just fun as heck. Like, people people love that shit. Not as many people as play a Call of Duty every year, but people genuinely adore these things. I adore the Ratchet & Clank franchise and Nintendo, and I adore the creativity of someone like Arcane. And I think these people need to have their uh, their their spotlight, and I think they need their recognition because they deserve it. Uh, I, well, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone deserves an award. I do. I do genuinely believe, Faris, that you. I'm sure Evan likewise. If like, if he loves these, ones. I don't. I'm not saying particularly that you two are. You know, guilty of this. I do believe that you enjoy these things, and maybe like you could play Metroid Dread for as long as you would play. You know, Halo this Christmas or whatever. Like maybe you genuinely would. I genuinely believe. I, I mean. I, I'm struggling to believe you now, honestly, but maybe genuinely. And honestly, if you're listening and you don't know, Google Metroid Dread, you're not listening to the site. Maybe, Farris, you do enjoy that as much as Halo would get as much time out of that. And it really, that is authentically true. That, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe for me, like, if, if I had I a PS5, like a I'd be space. all over Rift Apart. I mean, I'd be, I'd be playing that game a lot. Yeah, if, if, if yeah, I do. Yeah, I do believe you both. I do, because you're both people that I do think are like that. I think there are other people who sort of tell themselves they like these things, but they're, I don't know, they're slightly in despair or they don't genuinely, that's why they maybe don't play for long or they get bored quickly, but they sort of feel like they should more. And they, I don't know, they're held to that idea of taste and class. Okay, yeah, I'm not saying that everyone is. There's people that do genuinely love those things. And you said, but you said that it's more like, it's more that you should. It's about celebrating the industry and about these people doing these crazy things that we should celebrate because they're trying to do something that maybe isn't strictly commercial. That's maybe more, I don't know how you'd say it. Um, but yeah, if it's not, yeah, non commercial, but if they, we should celebrate those efforts. Maybe, but with game of the year, with this category. But, John, I think you're massively underestimating the, the size of these games. I don't think I am. I think you're overestimating them by thinking they're in the same category with like big AAA releases this year. You know, Psychonauts yeah, 2 is crowd is, crowd these are all These are all games made by big publishers. Psychonauts 2 was crowdfunded, crowdfunded, dude. Sorry? Psychonauts 2 it was published was by Xbox Game Studios. Yeah, but, but the studio was uh, bought uh, by Microsoft and they funded like most of the actual development of the game. Okay, so that took over. Okay, well, I didn't realize that they had taken over it. That, but that did definitely start crowdfunded. But it did. Listen, listen yeah, John. Listen, yeah, yeah. John. Deathloop, published by Bethesda. It Takes Two, published by Electronic Arts. Metroid Dread, published by Nintendo. Psychonauts, Xbox so Game Studios, Ratchet and Clank, Sony. studios that eventually publish, you know, a, a larger publisher. Yeah, might but publish you can't. Smaller these are studio. small studios. <coughs> Arcane has hundreds of people right? involved. Hayslight has dozens of people involved. But this is, this no, is about dozens. Game of the Year, John. This is, sorry, sorry. What did you say? But it's relatively small still. Like Hayslight Studios or Arcane, sort of middling. I'm not saying it's indies, but not big. That's it, not true. I it, mean, okay, have you seen uh, the sales numbers for Dishonored and Dishonored 2? They were huge games, and they were huge events when they released. Okay, wait, what is... So, Deathloop. Okay, hold on. I don't know about okay, Deathloop. Deathloop didn't do that well. Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> think Deathloop did that well, but yeah. But the thing is, like, I, I don't know if I asked you this before, but, like, what would you... Deathloop peaked at 20,000 concurrent players. That's almost nothing. 
that's, that's, that's not so ones, few nothing. people are playing that. That that's well, it's not it's strictly a multiplayer it game, and also two. that's very hard to measure except on Steam. I mean, that was from Forbes who said they had accumulated off. Well, yeah, I mean that's not yeah. Don't take that as. But it. Gospel. But we're talking about game of the year, and game of the year is not about number of concurrent players. It's not about number of sales. It's about game of the year. It's about the quality of the game. Yeah, and exactly. It's about my point. The quality is this, of is this its execution. Exactly. And is this not too much of a patting ourselves on the back, self-indulgent, giving it to things what, that are what would say, you put on here instead for game of the year? Shouldn't what it would be you just put... pure enjoyment, entertainment value? No, it's about quality. You okay, know, some, well, people, some people will find okay. uh, find uh, Ratchet and Clank incredibly fun, but won't find Call of Duty fun or won't find FIFA fun. I enjoy shooters. I enjoy playing Halo, but I still don't really enjoy Call of Duty a lot of the time, and I certainly don't enjoy FIFA. Now, FIFA 22, I haven't played the game, but say it was, and I, and I think it was, but I think it was relatively well received. And for a FIFA fan, of course, FIFA 22 is going to be their game of the year because they love football, they love playing those games, and FIFA 22 yeah, delivered. Yeah, FIFA should never. I don't think FIFA should because it's sort of like an anomaly. But what's the yeah, difference to Call of Duty? Yeah, then, what's the difference example? to Call of Duty then? Well. There's not. I'm not saying Call of Duty should win Game of the Year. Well, what should win Game of the Year thing as well? Well, now you're putting them on the spot, but I don't think it should be these games. It should be games that the average person would enjoy more and would be more entertaining. Halo Infinite, if it qualified, would it, in my case be one that I would happily see as Game of the Year. I'm sure it's going to be there next year. I would agree with you. Well, it's not eligible for this year because it's coming out. Yeah, that's fine. But that's something that I would say is eligible fine to be here. I'd say Ratchet and Clank, fine. I don't think Metroid Dread in particular. I think I think I want to say two things and then maybe we can wrap this up. I think again you're underestimating the appeal of these games and uh, well, the don't size make, of well don't make games. the final thing before we wrap it up like a final word on this. Let's just agree to disagree. Oh no, it's yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, yeah. Of course, that'd of course. be a better just, way to end it. I think. No, just um, I wanted to emphasize that again, and also I want to make a really important point, which is something I very strongly believe in in life which I think is that people more often than not don't really know what they like or would want. So that's but, how we fundamentally disagree. That's that's it. That's why I think we'll never really we'll always go around in loops in this conversation. <laughs> that's because I'm what? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> believe it Believe it if you want, but I just think that it comes down to, if you fundamentally think people should be told what's good for them, that's my problem with these awards. And I think we'll we'll always disagree on that point. No, that's not and what we'll I'm saying. we'll go around in loops. I'm but, saying, but, I'm saying people don't, uh, people might be, people will always be surprised by trying out something that they, that they don't know about. If people have never played a Metroid before, um, I don't know, X number of people might, f uh, let's say 10 people try out Metroid Dread. I don't know, X number might fall off and the uh, four, five, six people might really enjoy this game. And they'll never know if they, if they, if they, if they don't try it, if they don't see this game. Um, so it's, so and, that and is and a polite about, way of saying people don't know what they want. Yeah, people do not know what they want. Yeah. 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 No, what, what do you mean, what do you mean by that? I don't understand what you no, mean by that. No, because you will always be. Um, I I I always prefer games that give me something that I didn't know I wanted before I tried them out. Like for example, my game of the year, which is Forza Horizon Five. I never enjoyed car games. I love that game because it does very specific things incredibly well. It made me care about Jaguars, and I never thought I would say that. And 
it's that would be always the case for anything. You hear a piece of music, you see a film that you would never have checked out because you thought, oh, I only play Call of Duty, I only watch Marvel films. You see a thing you've never seen before, it might be uh, extremely, it might become extremely good to you. That will always be the case, which is why I'm always against awarding just the most popular thing, because that's never that won't bring any anything good to anyone. I mean, you can have like awards for that, but it shouldn't be a game of the year. So that's just where we, yeah, that's why we'll end it on that point. That's that's my where point. I disagree. We disagree. That's fine. Um, I'm not here to convince you, John. This was a fun discussion, though. <laughs> it was a very fun discussion. I mean, I I think that um. I, I'm torn about it. I I do to a certain extent understand your point, John. I some of I, uh, I I can see why they've put these particular games on here. I understand why Psychonauts Two is here. I understand why Metroid Jet Dread is here, in the same way that I understand why Ratchet and Clank or Resident Evil is on here. But um, for me, fundamentally, the game awards are not necessarily about the consumer. It's about the developers. It's about rewarding the developers for their hard work and for producing something um, that fits certain criteria. So say it's very unique and very well designed or whatever it is. And that's the entire point of the awards. That's why you have best soundtrack to it. You might have a shitty game. I mean, but it has an amazing soundtrack and it can still win an award for that amazing soundtrack. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I understand why there's such a, you know, it's a bit divisive which games are here, but, um, I think that each of these games are here for a very different reason to each other. Um, I think Deathloop, it's the uniqueness. I think It Takes Two is the same there. Metro Dread is a perfect return to a, um, beloved fa- franchise as is Ratchet and Clank. Psychonauts 2, you described the reasons for that earlier. And Resident Evil Village, um... I think was just a genuinely really good horror it's, game. It's also probably the most successful game of these. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll end it there. I think you're right. I think that's what the that's what the the game of the year. That's what they're going for as well. Which you just said there. But it's kind of it's for the studios. It's for their hard work. It's not about the consumer. It's about the producers. And that's fine. Like I, I mean, if they want to have you know an award like this is fun for us within the industry. I just think. Any casual gamer is going to think, what bollocks if they see this stuff? And I'm just aware that I don't want to look like kind of, you know, we don't want to seem like, I just don't want to alienate people that just quite like games because I think it's a bit arsey. But we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. But I just think, oh yeah, I said, I said we'll leave it there. Then I started saying something. We'll leave it there. But that is, I think you hit it on the head exactly with that's what the, on oh, a second, sorry, that's, that, I think you hit it on the head there, Evan, with your last description of that is what it's clearly for. Yeah, exactly. But just to end on a more positive note, just quickly, like five more minutes of podcast, then we'll wrap it all up. I just want to end on a positive note. So, um, Faris, you just described um, what your game of the year will be. It's going to be Forza Horizon 5. Do you want to say anything else about that? Um, if uh, I love the Halo Infinite campaign, it's going to be Halo. Okay, so if you but love that campaign, it'll be Halo. But Forza right Horizon now it's Forza. is an incredible game. Okay, perfect. John, um, we've talked about lots of games, but what is your personal game of the year at this moment? Sure, maybe some crazy-ass indie game will come along in 20 minutes and steal your thunder, but... You know you know, I would never choose that. Uh, if, if we would count it with ours, I would vote Halo Infinite. 
I think that it, it's coming out this year, so I think that that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, mine will be yeah, Halo. Uh, my, mine, mine so far um, would be either Halo Infinite or if we're going by the other scale, it would be Persona 5 Strikers. I just think that that game is just does everything that uh, that Persona 5 did well, but um, just added a bunch of cool features and did a couple of things really differently, and I, I really like that. So that's um, that's that would be my game of the year as well. Lovely. Nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Early Game Podcast. Um, we love you. I know that you love us. and um, I love you. I love you too, John. <laughs> <laughs>